Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, we've got my friend Patrick Chappelle joining us from Nashville, Tennessee. He is a minister at the Otter Creek Church where he works alongside our friend Joshua Graves. Uh, Patrick and I are just buddies, and so we're just talking, and at some point I realize we haven't hit record on this podcast, and so we're just talking so long we decide um, we need to just jump right in. So there's a little bit of an awkward transition as we begin the podcast, but if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, awkward transitions are not new to you. You know what's going on. So that's Patrick Chappelle this episode. Uh, Coming up, let me tell you a few things that we've got going on first. I I heard the feedback from many of you. And you said we want some more AJ Levine. So AJ and I have been talking. I think we're going to get an Advent podcast up and ready for you next week. Uh, so look forward to that. We've got a few others lined up to finish up the year pretty strong. I think uh, you're going to be very, very excited for what we've got on tap. And then obviously 2021, we got a lot of great books that are coming out. So we should have some good guests for you that you're going to really enjoy. Um, but as we get close to the holiday season... We hope you uh, you have a good one. We want to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving today in this podcast with Patrick. Get you ready for the Thanksgiving uh, time with your family. So um, without further ado, check this out with my man, Patrick Chappelle. Right now. All right, friends, you're oh, in the middle be- of a conversation with me and Patrick Chappelle. Welcome to the show, Patrick. We're going to keep going. We've been talking for too long. Okay, and then, yeah. we have. <laughs> so what are we talking about, Patrick? Well, well, we were talking about the fact that you started college at 16. Yeah, that's true. I did. And so my question is, how much of a conversation was that in your in your family? Like, was there a big debate on whether or not you should leave high school and start college so young? I've always wondered that for people who find them who find themselves like, was there a debate or was it just was everyone like, absolutely. Yes, this is the right thing to do. Let's keep moving forward. Yes. Yeah. Now, as a father, if one of my daughters tried to pull the same move, we would have a better chance of solving the Palestinian-Israeli conflict than negotiating this easily in our house. It would create <laughs> no small amount of, of interventions and conversations and discussions. In my right. household, it was almost the antithesis of that. It was my father's oh. idea. My mom had only gone to high school for three years. She graduated after three years and went off to college. And so my father proposed the idea to me and my mom said, yeah, go for it. And so without much thought, I started to go through the process. Um, and, uh, you know, things worked, worked out and I don't, I can't imagine there was even 30 minutes of conversation about it. Hey, should we, should we know 30 minutes? We're done. Probably. You were at, you were at at a McDonald's getting a, a, a food you were at a no what's yeah, the thing in your you know what what's a classic well, I, restaurant you would have i lived in southeast ohio so we were eating buckeyes in our hillbilly elegy and it just <laughs> showed up hey luke would you think about doing this i'm in the middle of wrestling season and you know wrestling you know in ohio like there's a lot of weight cutting it's kind of like all-encompassing and so it was almost like hey i have one day that i can go take the sat and if I do well in this, then we can consider going forward. And I would take the SAT. The thing I was most excited about was the uh, uh, granola bar in my pocket that I'd divvied up. I was going to have half of it during the break and the other half afterwards. Because, again, 
wrestling season, I would cut like 25 pounds. And so I, I was focused more on staying my emaciated self so I can make weight for next weekend's tournament. And so it, right. there was really very little discussion about skipping my senior year of high school. Wow. Now, another question that I've always had, I used to wrestle in seventh Did grade. Did you? Yeah, good for you. Yeah. I, I knew we seven, had something was, in common. I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. I only oh, won one don't match. Say that. Well, see, it's better I than won- no matches. <laughs> it was due to a forfeit. It still counts. It still counts. <laughs> Do you think you could take Josh Graves in a wrestling match right now? No, he's got the height. I don't think I he's could. He's a lot taller. He's a lot taller than both of us. So yeah, that's and fair. and he's and he's still oh. like bawling with like grown men, which yeah. is like uh, which is pretty impressive. For the record, when I was saying he could take, I was saying you, not me. Just I, I don't want my oh, listeners yeah. to be discouraged and thinking that I. Let's be honest; it'd be fine. But yeah, because I, you anyway, do martial arts, you do martial sure, arts, right? Sure, sure. But yeah. anyway, so you, you wrestled in seventh grade. Yeah, I did. And here's my question: Okay, who whose idea was a singlet? Why not gym <laughs> shorts and like a t-shirt? <laughs> did it have to be a singlet? <laughs> You know what's funny is when I got to, to ACU, uh, I had a little bit of athletic career left, and I rocked a speed suit on the track team. And when the piece of clothing is referred to as a speed suit in track, it makes <laughs> sense. Like, oh, we want to be sure. speedy, so let's put on the speedy suit. In yeah. wrestling, like, I, I want to shoot a single leg takedown, so we need a single leg? I don't know. Like, that's a good yeah. joke for all your wrestling fans. The rest of you don't know what that means, but it was a good joke. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I, I guess... This yeah, is now a wrestling pod. This is now a wrestling podcast. It could. This is now yeah. a. <laughs> it could. I think people would like that. Not even. Not even pro wrestling. Like legitimate. Like yeah, wrestling. No. It is a. Le- yeah, we're yeah. not gonna. We're not talking about think- Shawn Michaels on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that sweet chin music is not what you're gonna hear here. <laughs> if you want to talk about Razor Ramon, sorry, you've reached <laughs> the wrong podcast. The only new world order we're talking about is the kingdom of God. the two pro wrestling fans that listen to this are actually loving what just took place the rest of you they don't know what's going on they don't know at all but you know they do need to know they need to know patrick chappelle like i've tried to get you in the podcast for a long time and i finally got you on now and it is my absolute honor the uh, you're the man in nashville like everyone knows you in Nashville. It was because of the Nashville connection, our friend Annie Downs was able to get you on the podcast before I was able to get you on mine. And yeah. you like you run the thing. Like now, uh, Otter Creek, where our friend Josh Graves works, you are transitioning from like young adults. Is that the actual job description of your previous title? And That's now right. you yeah. are the campus pastor at the new, was it West End campus? Yes, yeah, that's right. West End campus. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of the new. And now, you know, granted, for a lot of you uh, listening who are listening to this, who may also find yourself working in the church, you know that in church world, just like in other disciplines out there, uh, life is about addition and less about subtraction. So I still Mm -hmm. am doing the college and young adult thing. Yeah. And I'm also the uh, campus pastor of a new campus. So I'm doing all the things. Yeah. Right now. For now. Do you, okay, so you know. you've been – how long have you been working with – and by young adults, that includes college, right? Yeah, that, that does include college, yeah. College, 
you know, uh, 20s, you know, 30s. That, that's all you, you've got them all. I feel I'm finally at that age where I'm like, yeah, I don't understand people 15, 20 years younger than me. When does that usually happen? Because I feel like I, that wasn't the case like five years ago, but now I realize, oh, wow, there is a huge difference. And I've heard some people talk about the experience that the quote-unquote generation behind me has had is so diametrically different than what I experienced because of technology and the way that they've grown up uh, engaging and conversing in ways that like it took me till I was 25 before I really started to do it, that they're just vastly different. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is. It's, it's very true. Um, there is, uh, you know, they, they, it's very interesting to work with, uh, college and young adult men and, and young adults and college students, uh, especially cause you're exactly right. Like when you're, when you're at this point, when you're in your late thirties going into your forties at this point, the students who are in school now, there is a high there is a possibility that you could be their parent. Now mm -hmm. that would have meant that, that like hurts. you would have like had a kid when you were maybe right out of high school or something of that nature yeah. or right in high. But it, it's still, it's still true that like you are old enough to be the parent of these particular students. And so yeah. in some ways there's this, like you kind of start feeling that, you know, like I just don't understand how you're, why you're doing that like and a great example of that for some is like the 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 refusal to participate in some of the new ways of social media and communication you know you have some mm -hmm. people who are in their late 30s in their 40s and beyond who would never get a snapchat they just wouldn't do it it's like what is that no i've heard only yeah. bad things but there's not only bad things because you can do bad things with any platform you can do good yeah. things with all the platforms so for some, not not all, but for some college students and, and even high school students, I would say Snapchat. I've talked to some students where Snapchat was the primary way they communicated with their friends. They didn't text. They Snapchat at each other. And that was the whole. That's how they talked to their friends. And, wow. and you say that, too. Now, granted, what's happening with uh middle like you know uh late young adult married folks and middle-aged folks is what marco polo so it's the same thing hmm. but it's done differently and it feels like it's different because i'm i'm on this thing and the other moms or the other dads are on this thing and it's and it seems like this is more age appropriate but you could 100 percent make a marco polo inappropriate just like you can make snapchat inappropriate but you're exactly right. Hmm. Like there is definitely a disconnect uh, for a lot of folks who, if I just took a random 38 year old and tried to put them in a room with a 19 year old, they'd be like, "What is? I don't like this. This is this is awful. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't know what to say to them." And at the same time, the 19 year old is like, "This person is ancient. What? Why am I in this room with them?" It's like you're both of you were wrong. Like you you actually could find common ground if you just kind of started having a conversation. Now, granted, the, the when in my work, the thing that I try my best not to do is not to get too pop culture-y because then I'll start to feel like really, really old as far as like yep. whenever I'm like, oh, you know, do y'all, how old were y'all when the first Weezer album came out? And they were like, you don't want to know that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, 
Oh, some of you probably do. They know who even... Weezer is. Some do because only because of Weezer has continued tried to put themselves in some pop culture platforms and even things like I remember watching an interview with a band recently on YouTube or MTV, something like that, and that he said, "Oh, Weezer was an influence of mine." And why I started to play guitar. And they were like, how did you discover Weezer? He was like, oh, I was playing Rock Band, the video game. And I was like, <laughs> like that was how he discovered Weezer was because he was playing the Rock Band video game. Not wow. because he was listening to it in a parking lot when he was in high school, like me. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he heard about it on a video game. So, yeah. How funny. Yeah, so, that's yeah. great. I remember when uh, Taylor Swift talked, like a couple years ago, she had... Uh, she put out like a playlist or something on Spotify and she talked about some like songs that were really formative for her and she had a Jimmy Eat World song on there. And I was like, wow, this is uh, this makes me feel really old because she was talking about listening to that when she was like, oh, I'm six years old and, and the middle just came out and I loved it. And I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. I was in college and I saw them. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's no, that's right. great. Okay, so uh, you said you're, you're wearing multiple hats though. So you are doing... Young adult ministry, and you're yep. concurrently going to be doing uh, the multi-site that Otter Creek is doing. That's right. Now, there's a lot of discussion about multi-site because it seems like that is uh, it is a very popular thing that many churches are doing, and most it seems like the overwhelming response f- across America is that it is a positive thing. People don't care about having to watch a sermon on a screen. They love the idea of having a church that they connect to, that the ethos, the culture of it is something that they, um, you know, they want to be a part of when you're stepping into this, what are the questions that you're asking as you're launching something, this in terms of you know, the long-term effect of having like a multi-site church on the spiritual formation of your people? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's, I love the, I love the adventure that, that lies ahead in kind of trying to create this uh, n- this kind of new space for our particular church. The language that I've loved using is that these these churches now are truly siblings. Like we are siblings. We're not cousins. We're we're you know there's no this adoption and and not that adoption like adoption is great, but there's definitely some differences when you're adopted into a family versus if you're kind of like uh, yeah. you know there's a that biological kind of like attachment. That comes. It's just. It's just different. Not just mean that you're not family. It's just different, right? And I think that these things are. These are. These are siblings. Meaning that everyone who's listening that has a sibling knows that. Like, okay, there are things about my sibling and I that are. There are the same, but there are other things that are very different. We have a little bit hmm. different interests. We have a little bit different, you know, uh, uh, background. But at the same time, like we're we're uh, we're also kind of alike. Like we have some of the same kind of quirks and some of the same kind of commonalities. And and I think that that's an important piece in how I understand this new campus. And I think that we can do a great job in doing the things that we're going to do live and in person and the community that's that's attached to that particular campus because I do think you know it's something special when you when your when your commute time to your place of worship is a is a short commute time I think that matters mm-hmm. I think that we are that the car has been a wonderful uh, invention of course like it's amazing it's truly amazing yeah but what it did Much too is it re- 
Yeah, it removed us from this neighborhood experience of how we do church. And I think it's important yeah. that you know, if you get a campus that, okay, I love this particular teaching or I love the way in which this particular uh, this, this church of folks like does small groups or does the different kind of ministry opportunities that they provide for for their parishioners. Like, I still want to be connected to this thing, but it's great that now this is in a neighborhood that's even closer to the neighborhood in which I live in versus me commuting 20, 30, sometimes 40. And some of you who are listening, maybe travel further than that, even even further than that to go to the church that that you go to because there's something that you love about it so much. Right. And so yeah. I don't know. That's so I do think, you know, in, in our situation, the only thing that will be not live and in person is the teaching. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a really easy thing to do is to connect to campus by uh, what is happening teaching wise. I think that's a, you know, we're all going through the same sermon, but Hey, the music, the music style and flavor might, might look different. The way we do Eucharist will, will be looking different. The way that we do prayers of the people, the way we do life groups or community groups or whatever we decide to land on, those things may be a little bit different and unique to this space, but at least like we're all connected through this teaching. So if I can go to this campus or to this campus and I'm going to be getting a, the same teaching and going through the same series. And it's just, it's just kind of, you know, keeping us connected in, in, uh, in some, yeah. some cool ways, I think, but yeah, that's kind of, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and there's complaints neat. about it, you know, but I think it's, it, you know, it's fine. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is yeah. because, and, and, I, yeah, you know, I, I, well, here's the thing. Like, I, obviously you said that there's, you know, not going to be, uh, live preaching there. Uh, you know, as someone who's heard Josh Graves preach, you could debate if it's ever live anywhere. But, um, <laughs> oh man, but, that's but roasting my guy. Strong with the JG, <laughs> my guy, just doing him dirty like that. I'm sorry, but the overwhelming consensus is that people don't have a concern about they're not being live preaching. I think the overwhelming response is that I'm like on the outside thinking I think there's a difference of being in person and. Uh, being on a screen, but I think the overwhelming majority of people, you know, disagree with me. So, uh, yeah, obviously I'm, uh, I'm a voice in the wilderness that, uh, might either be a prophet or just being a crazy person. And I'm probably the crazy person since everyone else disagrees, but we're well, not here to talk about multi-site churches. Yeah. And I was, the last Go thing ahead. I would say about this is that it, what the question that everyone who's listening, that is a part of a church, here's my question I have. What is the most, what is the most important element to your worship service? Is it the preaching? Is it music? Is it the Eucharist? Is it uh, the the fellowship that happens before and after church? Or it is what is the most important element? Is it the the fact that you know if you have a church where a shepherd or an elder or one of your leaders gets up and and does a prayer or something? Is it uh, is it the giving moment? I would dare say for mm-hmm. some churches that the giving moment is the most important moment. In their big room worship service. Really? Oh, no one would want to admit yeah. that. No one wants to admit that. But some would say, here's an opportunity where but we have function- every, yeah. everyone together. And here's a chance oh, okay. where I yeah. get to really press on to the people live in this room that giving the to, the, to the yeah. ministry of this church is so important because... This is this is fine, but the real work and the real things that we're doing that connecting you gotcha. to this thing is yep. through the through the power of the money that you give us as as parishioners. Okay, yeah, that's fair. 
I'm not saying that that you should do that. I'm just saying I know that some would probably not want to admit it. But if you started to look at the structure and the flow of their services, you would see that. No, no, I've I've had friends who've talked about the excessive degree of attention that giving was uh, was held up to and served. Yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying. the The correct answer is obviously preaching. That's the most important part. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, if anything that we found during COVID is that you can still have preaching, but it doesn't feel like church because the community's not there. And church is something that's supposed to be con- that we're connected to God and to each other. And you can't experience church just by listening to someone talk. So, uh, but again, sermons are still very important. Oh, and it, yes, nevertheless, hundred percent. No, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless. All right, what we wanted to talk about, um, obviously, was we want to talk about some wrestling, amateur and pro wrestling. We wanted to talk about me skipping my senior year. We wanted to talk about singles ministry, Snapchat, and of course, multi site and preaching. Uh, we wanted to get to all those so that we could also cover Thanksgiving. So I want to talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. For a Let's go. <laughs> Keep going. Keep singing. No. Uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, holiday time. Yeah. And one of the things that um, that people might not know about you uh, is that you are an eligible bachelor. Oh. And you I are. Am. I am. And it's I, true. I, I think the, uh, I don't know how the, I think the order is right. Two episodes after this, I will have a gentleman who literally was called by ABC, The Bachelor, who's going to be in the pod. And, you know, maybe he could connect you and maybe you could get on the show. I would love that. So I'll just p- float would, that out there. Would love but that. But if, if, if people don't know, you are an, an eligible bachelor, which means that when it comes to holiday season, it's, it's different mm-hmm. for us married folk and us single folk. That's and true. one of the things that seems to happen a little too often at church is that we make a lot of space for the married folk. And the single folk, they have a different experience. And so I've had a lot of single friends who've been in my ear teaching me things to be aware of, and especially the way that we kind of elevate one over the other when the Bible seems to think of the singleness as as a gift, right? Like, it's not a bad thing. It's it's actually a gift. Uh, you know, Paul even thinks of it as kind of a good thing. So um, as you're thinking about Thanksgiving, let's start with, the different experience that our single friends and our married friends have when it comes to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Pat, you think you can, you can extrapolate some differences for us? Yeah, I would say that, you know, um, when you are, uh, and I would even say there's even a couple layers to being single. Like some people are single but dating, um, and some mm-hmm. are single and not dating. Uh, and some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are um, a single because they're just recently got out of something, which is a different, a different mode. Like being, they're all different. They're yeah. so, so, so different. And I would say that, like, if you're if you're not married, which is true of any of those any of those things I just listed, yeah. is that it's just different because you're not debating on if you're going to go to your parents' home or to your to your in-laws place like you don't have you don't have that debate you know with with some other person you know um if anything you have the debate of like do i want to go home and every person's different right because some people go home and they don't have to deal with the some people don't have to deal with the question or the and some would say interrogation of well are you (laughs) seeing are you seeing anybody 
have you have you are you on the what is those dating apps are people are you using those um do what what about people and there's no one in your church that you that you find interesting at all like you know you some people like they know you know some of you are you know and you know are very anxious about the political conversations you're going to have this thanksgiving there are people who are unmarried who are anxious about here we go again i'm going to have to answer a long list of who i'm dating what's happening how is that going can we help do you want help are you or do you do you like being single or some what's going on you know are it, the, the that that is such a high level of anxiety for some people to have to deal with that with that question and so that's what ends up happening for some people who are single or unmarried is that they will then kind of start to create situations and uh, and ways for them to potentially not engage in that kind of a setting i.e you know i would come this year for thanksgiving but work has just been really really challenging this particular season of life so is it yeah. it's that bad that people don't want to come home because they don't want to deal with the questions over and over for again? some it is i would say for some that it is and and i think that is um and i think that's why you saw for a, a long list of reasons but one of those reasons is i think why you saw the creation of friendsgiving friendsgiving now has a multitude of you know of ways is that is experienced. But I think in one of those lists is that, okay, I'm going to not find myself living or near my family. And, and I, I don't want to go back because I don't want to deal with not only the, the, the long list of other kind of like anxious high level conversations you may have in your family setting, but I don't want to deal with answering the questions about my, my dating life. I just don't want to, yeah. and I just don't want to deal with it, and I want to deal with the judgment or or whatever, whatever. And so I I got these friends, and and they're in a similar boat. So let's have. So I still I still love that idea of gathering around a table and having some of these food items. So I'm just gonna do do that because you know, and then for some people who are unmarried, they will find themselves not living all that close to family at all anyway. And so then they, they kind of have a reason. Well, you know, plane tickets are kind of expensive this time of year. And I just, ah, you know, I'm going to have to work on Saturday, actually. So I just don't think it's, you know, I'll come up for Christmas. Because for whatever yeah. reason, the the uh, intensity of conversations tend to, to center in Thanksgiving versus Christmas. Christmas, you don't, you don't feel, you don't hear people say, oh, like the Christmas lunch conversation. I'm not looking forward to that, but it's, it's Thanksgiving seems to be where. Hold on. Explain that to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why? It's the same group of people. The food, let's be real honest. Food's very similar. Very similar. Food's similar. It's a holiday. You know, it's cold outside. Why, why, why is that question different? I I think that, I think that things are different in Christmas because there's gifts. We're so centered on, (laughs) <laughs> we're so we're so consumeristic and we love gifts that it just kind of distracts us from those other things and and we're thinking about so one of the yeah. things we could we we could do for our single friends is give them stockings <laughs> that they could give to each of their family members right. and then they would just be distracted yeah, from asking yeah, that same yeah. old question so you the, the question becomes so redundant so repetitive that people are like yeah i just don't want to yeah. go home and deal with i don't want to deal with it and, and, and that's not true for some people some people love going uh going home and in sharing about 
their dating escapades and the and the bad dates that they had, you know, this fall. And some people enjoy that and some people don't mind those conversations, but I know that there are some that will be listening or know or who have friends who like just alone people because it's for some it's such a sensitive, you know, topic. Because yeah. it, you know, for some yeah, people, for some people they have gotten to a place to where their singleness is a choice for whatever reason. And for other people, mm-hmm. it's not a choice. And they are battling an internal battle of like, what is happening? Like, why am I not able to find someone? Like, what is wrong with me? Is it me? And at a certain age, you start thinking, it's got to be me. Because everyone else I know, mm-hmm. and I've got some crazy friends. This is, this is the person who's thinking this. Like, I got friends who are crazy people, who are, who are wild, who are just like, you know, all over the map. And they found someone, and I'm not finding anybody. Why? Why is mm. why is it not working for me? What's ha- so so again? It's it's the same thing with uh, if you to uh, I didn't want to do this, but if we dip into enneagram language, hello. If you have your bingo cards, Let's go. <laughs> um, there it's, it is. Uh, it's I think about this when I think about like a type one, you know. And the thing to say about type ones is that. Be careful with your criticism of a type one, of Enneagram type one, because they're already internally raking themselves over the coal about the things they didn't do or they did do. They didn't say they didn't say or, or, or they did say or whatever. Right. The same thing goes for someone who is single around holiday times. You don't think they're not asking themselves the question. Why? Oh, why? <laughs> like, of course, they're asking themselves that question. And it's like so when even as, okay so, yeah go ahead, but as an as an enneagram eight yeah, you don't even have to have that critical voice no. for that to to be there no mm-hmm. yeah, and so like and again and again yeah. and and when you think about different personality types, whatever it's whether it's enneagram or whether it's Meyer Briggs or whatever whatever yeah everybody's going to react in those situations so differently, you know you can you can look at someone who you're a type seven. You're going to reframe it. Refra- like, sure. Oh, no, you're not seven. You're, Party time. Are you seven or three? I'm sorry. I'm seven. Seven, yeah, okay. Yeah, seven. That's oh, why. Come on, don't no, three. I, no. Don't three yeah. me like that. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, th- okay, trust I, thought, yeah, I trust myself on that. Yeah. So that it's just yeah. a reframing of it. It's like, no, this is not bad. This is fine. Like, oh, this is, things are great. I'm, the, the adventures I'm going on is wonderful. The road trips I'm taking, you know, I'm just, I'm on, I'm on a adventure road trip. I am, I am dating the, the, <laughs> the, like the. The pursuit of life. The cosmos. (laughs) Right. I'm dating everything. I'm dating everything. Okay. Metaphorically, this is what I'd be saying if I was single. I am married happily for 17 years, so I'm not dating anyone else. Right. For the record. Exactly. If my in-laws were listening, not dating anyone but your daughter. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think think they listen? Do you think they listen to the podcast? As a seven, I want to reframe that question. (laughs) I want to imagine that they download it at least. At least, they, I mean, they have to hear me preach on Sunday. They don't. They don't need to subject themselves to more. Of me. Sure, they don't have sure. to do that. Uh, okay, so w- when we're making s- space for our friends who are single at the Thanksgiving dinner table, we don't need to say we don't need to interrogate them about something that they're probably already thinking. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. some people might might like that. Yeah. It, it's weird because I'm, I'm thinking of uh, you know a situation where I was. Uh, with a friend and someone she was about to interact with had just lost a loved yeah. one. And she didn't know, should I talk about it or should I not talk about it? Should, should I acknowledge the loss? And, and my default move is, 
it's not like someone who's who's lost you know a child a spouse a parent or whoever is going to forget that they lost a, char- a child a parent a spouse right. um so for you the move is to acknowledge right and if they want to talk more about it, they can they can talk about it but they're not not thinking about that's it. right and so when it comes to singleness i'm thinking well is that similar to that is it like but what i hear you saying is do the opposite. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. It's one thing to acknowledge something, and it's another thing to have like, you know, these uh, 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 where it feels like an interrogation, right? There's a there's just a difference, right? Yeah. I mean, there's one thing, um, and again, you you know the difference when someone is being curious, and when someone is asking you a leading or interrogative kind of a question. We all know the difference. And what I would also say is that. You have you have history of interactions with these people. And so you know exactly how the conversation is going to go if you have a friend who's been single for a while. If you ask that question, how they're likely going to react to such a, to, to such questions. So it shouldn't be surprising gotcha. yeah. when when someone gets moody, riled up, frustrated whatever or or vice versa because you know exactly and again it's the same kind of thing when we have these family dinners these one these one time affairs these one time little you know interactions and we absolutely know if i make this comment it's going to send my aunt railing if i say if i say this phrase She's going to be sent, and it's going to be a whole situation. And some of us love yeah. to, like, stir the pot up and get people riled up. And it's just like, admit this is what you're doing. You know this is what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were going to get upset at that kind of a statement or question. <laughs> yes, you, you've been in, I've been alive for 30-some-odd years. You know what rouses me up. <laughs> yeah, you know how that works. Right. Yeah. What, so when you think about Thanksgiving, you know, one of the things that – you know that's a subject that uh most people think about most people are aware of is you know the family members who aren't there and one of the things i've said you know for years when we talk about holidays is you know some of us are going to go home and there's going to be an empty chair and you know whether it's the first or this the 15th like it, there's still a hole and i've talked about that and i and i've never experienced it before and i i know a few months ago you did a funeral for uh you know a dear family yeah, member that's right. and you know you, you're ex- uh, how how many months ago was that? Oh man, that was in it was in the spring, so probably um, yeah, it was in the spring. So I think like my mind yeah, it was after- my mind says March, my mind says March, March April. You know, I, yeah, I think yeah, I think it was after when my mom passed yeah. away that this that's happened. right. I, I feel was. like everything for me when I was you know the sympathy that I have for people who are like especially having to to do a funeral of a loved one. Uh, it's different now than it was before for me. But uh, nevertheless, like both of us are experiencing, you know, loss. Obviously it's different, but it's, it's still loss. And, you know, going home for Thanksgiving, I assume for you, you've always, as a pastor, like you're thoughtful, you're compassionate towards people, you're aware of it. But then when you experience it yourself, it's different. And so for me, like I I just was driving home uh, earlier today thinking of, man, this is going to be, this is going to be a weird Thanksgiving for me. And I know it'll be for your family as well. As you're processing that, have you thought more about like you know what actually is going to be different for your family if if they were even going to? Yeah, I, I assume the family would have all been together yeah. this year for oh, Thanksgiving, yeah. but especially yeah. especially that you know um, 
and for a lot of folks, you know, the the way that any kind of family event like Thanksgiving or Christmas or some other birthdays, you know, you kind of have the expectation of who's going to be present. And there's some family members who just are yeah. rarely present or, you know, or never present for a variety of reasons. And so my aunt, my Aunt Joanne, would have for sure been at the Thanksgiving meal. And, you know, depending on the person, obviously, um, and their in their importance to uh, the in uh, their importance and dynamic to the conversation and flow of the gathering, right? So if you if you have a family member who has just a, an incredible laugh, and when you go home, mm-hmm. you can't you can't wait to hear that person laugh because it's so infectious. Or if someone is it, it's always like the way they talk about. Uh, work or work their work people or whatever and it's so funny like you know that that a story's coming and you you can't wait to hear that and you know the list goes on and on about how you think about these about these family members and even friends um you and and it's only when you i know what will happen and it happens in the pausing it happens in the pausing oh in the quietness yep and when we get to that moment where we're praying for the food, that's when it hits everybody. Because yep. that that is exactly yeah. right. We I, I I've had family gatherings and conversations normal. Everyone's like you know just talking about what's going on, and then there's a moment to pause and pray, and the room just like it just it, it's like it just drops like. 20 degrees like the weather is different that the feeling the barometric pressure That's is different right. it's just that pause like makes space and that grief comes yeah. out because what we know is what what you realize in that moment is it's on everybody's mind it's on everybody's mind yeah and and it feels like yeah. we're talking about everything else we're laughing we're joking we're cutting up we, you know we're playing games but we know that in the back of everybody's mind is this person's not here these people are not here you know, and so and and what's true for all of us and anybody that's having a Thanksgiving meal, when you, the pausing happens, whatever it looks like in your family, those family members that have gone, that have passed on, they all come back because you because the only thing you wish is for them to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the ways that they, they come back, we pause, we remember I think telling stories yeah. is something that, uh, yeah, it, at first it might not feel comfortable, might not, might not feel good, but but it's what we have to do. To keep the memories alive, we have to tell the stories. And one of the things that I've intellectually and academically known is that you should ask someone to tell stories about the, the person they lost and to give them space to tell the stories that mean the most to them. I've known that intellectually for yeah. years. And it's become real to me in the last half a year as like I, I found so much joy in getting to tell stories about my mom because you know, if you don't tell the stories, the memories and the the memories don't feel as real. There's something about like vocalizing and telling stories that brings, you know, words into to life. And there's no better place to tell those stories than with yeah. the family. 
We all know that we all know how they go. We know how they end. We all know <laughs> the high points and the funny That's points, right. but they still connect us together. It's like we're we're storytelling creatures, and we're not around the you know the campfire anymore, but we're around the Thanksgiving table, and those stories connect us: our past, our present, and our future. Yeah. That's exactly right. I, I, I think that's so true. And I think we, you know, um, in stories, telling the stories, especially at Thanksgiving, can can be hard, but it's still so important because we want we want it, it in this meal. We remember we remember why we're thankful when we're and we were thankful that this person, whether it's a mom or an aunt or a brother or a sister, a cousin, we, we were thankful that they had presence and and they had meaning in our life and and it and and it, what's so true is if it didn't feel somewhat heavy then did we really did, did we really lose anything like heaviness is a part mm. of it and i think that that's you know yeah. and i and i think that hopefully we get so caught up in in forgetting that this is a like thanksgiving so uniquely special that in than even Christmas because it is a it is the one time that we all like kind of like descend upon a particular side of the family and we have this meal together. Like the purpose of our gathering is is table in which if you are a part of the Christian kind of like circle in life, like the table is everything. And so and and, and yep. like why do we spend so much time bickering about who we voted for and who, what hot take we've got st- brewing up instead of saying, why don't I appreciate the fact that we're around this table eating this delicious food because we all have delicious food. I don't think some of y'all's foods is delicious. That's okay. But you think they're <laughs> delicious and that's wonderful. Um, so you're around this table eating what you think is delicious food and, for the record, were you saying about it? White people's food, just for the record? I felt 100%. like was... <laughs> Some of y'all don't know about seasoning, and that's okay. Some of y'all's food's bland, dry. It's okay. No one's no one's mad about it. It's just a fact. It's just like, oh, it's not okay. So it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, so it's like, why not spend time, like we're saying, telling the stories? Telling the stories of the people that yeah. that we wish that were here to keep their like to keep their energy to keep their their uh, their their wisdom alive and present among us, but we end up you know we just, we mm-hmm. can't help it we just love because in the, the day it's like even though people say they don't they I don't really like to get in arguments or get fighting or disagreements but we but we don't we love it we love it we love rallying and yeah. what's and part of it is, here's what I think, too, is some of the reason that we we love to argue with family is because family is a little bit different than friendships, because in family, That's they're true. not going to leave you. They're not going to unfriend yep. you. Yep. Unfamily you. Yep. Like now, some of us have been in unfamily situations where. We're no longer welcome back into the family, and we get uninvited. Yeah, but that's like, I mean, that's an that those are extreme situations. But for the most part, healthy right, families, healthy, yeah, families, healthy families, let you, you do can that. you can say a random hot take and be walling out, showing your whole behind, and then, and then they're like, okay, whatever. Will you just eat? Will you just eat there. the food? Okay, well, fine. But your friends are like, yeah. uh, uh-uh, we're out. We're done. Get out of here. 
Yeah. There, I mean, there's something. To, it, one of the things that bothers me is when people flippantly use the term family to describe a group. Oh, yeah. When there's a there's an actual thing called a family. And I, I, I hate when my beloved Dallas Cowboys, so, you know, we're a family. We're a family. No, you're not. Like, they will cut you. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, he is washed up. He's going to be cut as soon as they can cut him and get rid of Absol- that contract. Absolutely. That's not family. <laughs> That's a business, which is fine. Like, just be a good, kind business. But family is a different sort of relationship that has staying power, no matter what you say and what's right. wrong and uh, what's right. Like, that's yeah. it's different. And so, yeah. Uh, family, tell your yeah. stories. Tell your hot takes. Be honest. Be there. Eat your good food or bland <laughs> food, whatever you want it to be, but just... But just enjoy it. So, Patrick, I feel like you've you've given us a lot for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I feel like you've set us on the right course. Uh, you know, people need to check out your oh, podcast. Yeah. It's a good one. You've had some you've had some good guests on it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You like when you think about like your favorite guests. <laughs> you, like, you you were you were a guest this year. Oh, oh yeah, and oh, it was, wow, it was yeah, very delightful. About that, you know, and we talked about your book, mm-hmm. which you know, it's a very good book. People should get it. You know, Amen. you don't. What a yes. great stocking stuffer. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> let's make that happen. So, yeah, yeah, I have a pie. <laughs> you know, if all... Go ahead. All you oh. single people, if you just brought a stack of books, <laughs> gave them to each of your family members, they're not going to ask you anything about your dating situation. I guarantee that on Patrick's yeah, that's word. Right. So, Patrick promises yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. That's exactly now, what he Now, means. granted, I, I am in the same company with, with Luke in that... Uh, my podcast is called the uh, this is the uh, Patrick podcast, just Patrick podcast. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And so it, we're similar in that in that we just used our names. But you were at least a little bit clever. Yeah. But how you used your name, I just yeah. said Patrick. <laughs> like for example, if I was doing yours, a couple titles I would have thought about: Party with Patrick, because um, we like alliteration here. Um, the, the the Chappelle Show, but not that one. Uh, would be another title that I would have considered. So there's a lot of things, but I think, I think what you did is really solid. You've got the best logos Thank in the you. game. You really have the best graphics. I mean, your work there yeah. is just Brian Schroeder. Big shout out. You've done a great job. Yeah. Thanks, big, big Brian. Brian not Ryan. Brian. Brian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yep, what I, I meant. Know. That's exactly what I meant. Oh, so, hey, let me give you this quote before I go. I'm gonna give you a quote. I have oh, a quote. We got a quote. Let's end it. Let's end on this, this quote. Is a let's quote hear to this. From um, Abraham Israel. I think I said his name last name right. Yeah. Okay. One Abraham Joshua right. Heschel. Heschel. It was Heschel. That's what. I, wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, a wonderful author. Wonderful human. Um, you should check all of his all of his work out. So here's a here's a quote, and this kind of I was like I wanted something good that connected us to Thanksgiving and to this season that we're in. Mm-hmm. So. It doesn't. It doesn't really give you. It doesn't name the word gratitude, but it. But it has this feeling that I think we can all get behind. So he says this. Okay. Our goal should be to live life in radical amazement. Get up in the morning, look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually to be spiritual is to be amazed hmm amen to amen that amen to that that's a, that's a good word patrick 
We're going to end on that. Guys, go be amazed. Be awake to the wonder and the presence that's around you. Patrick, thank you. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.